0: So the construction community at large, one of my things, everyone in the construction industry is relevant and important. And we put ourselves in a box and remove ourselves from the table for various reasons. And we've allowed in some ways others to dictate the things that we should be doing. And lean construction has helped push that conversation or push us up to the front if we choose or we dare to, to step up to recognize where our seat at the table is and that we need to acknowledge that we need to own that and become a part of the conversation and recognize that how important we are to the whole spectrum again whatever trade you are it becomes the most important one when it's not getting done correctly and so you recognize that you, you you're you're relevant you're important and whether you come to work with cart hearts and overalls or suit and tie you're important and you need to speak up when it's your time and your moment
1: I'm speaking with Jean-Marc this morning at the LCI
2: Annual Congress. Some time ago when I was at the, I believe it was the Boston Congress.
3: Uh, Chicago, two years ago.
2: Oh, was it Chicago? Is that when I saw you? Yes. Okay. So I saw Jean-Marc and Beth Carrington do the kata Improvement presentation. It was actually a training, Uh, four hours, right?
3: It was a training on the CATA and the lean uh, industry, lean construction industry. And uh, also I did a conference on how to apply CATA. So I had two engagements.
2: Okay, I wasn't able to attend the second one. And I had a wonderful experience in the training. So I'm happy to chat with you here at the Congress a little bit about a couple of things. What you're doing uh, in your consulting role at Bell Nordic Lean Consulting. And I'd love to share with the audience a little bit about the high level points of Kata Improvement. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What are you up to? What's your background? How did you get here?
3: I'm a consultant and trainer in lean in general. So, we started like lean manufacturing with different types of companies, could be airspace, pharmaceutical or service organizations. And I have uh, university seminars and public engagement, but also lots of coaching with different organizations, and we do lean projects. So really our thing is to do transfer of competencies. So we train people in the company, in their organization, and we make sure that they learn how to do it. And as we go, we lean back, and they are doing it more, and then... We uh, evaporate and we go to some other places. So really, the thing here is that we help people to get autonomous. And we've been doing that for 30 years. So we have fun. And uh, it's very interesting. People were asking and discovering about lean construction. So we had few engagements, you know, over the year. Very few with construction companies. But the field became, like, very big. And... I had one university asking me and bugging me about, we do BIM and we need also lean construction. Well, people, went, why don't they come to my regular lean training and that will do it, you know? And uh, they, they kept bugging me and saying, no, 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 we need to have a specific lean training for the construction field. So I started to meet uh, GCs and meet uh, people. And then I came to the LCI conference in Chicago and developed a a good contact with the industry. And now for the last three years, we are into lean construction. So that's how we we came about. And uh, actually, if there's something that uh, I appreciate a lot about the conference, the SCI conferences, is the fact that through the presentations and facilitation of different uh, conferences, the um, examples provided by the people are very, very interesting. And they do explain how to make it happen for real. So that's very interesting. I, I, I love these conferences because it provides me with my field of expertise. That's a very good examples And I meet people. This morning, I did a lean coffee uh, experience. So that was...
2: No wonder you've had four coffees today. That's
3: <laughs> it. I started earlier, 6.45, I was on, you know. And Nicholas was uh, our uh, Yamashita he was a very good trainer. And so that was my first Lean Coffee format experience. And I think I will bring it up also with uh, my, my friends here in, in Montreal. And so I'm based in Montreal, Quebec, and winter is coming. So that's how I came into the, the field of uh, lean construction. And that's why I like this conference, is really to give me more examples and more practical Experience and uh, we learn. We learn with uh, the people who are doing some stuff, and they made mistakes, or it was not what they expected as a good performance. And this is really um, uh, brings me to the topic. I was training with Beth Carrington this week about the Toyota Kata. It's um, there's two parts: uh, improvement kata and coaching kata. So it's the understanding of uh, one author, Mike Rother. The book is named Toyota Kata, and it's an explanation of or understanding of what is underlying the conscious improvement movement in, in Japan, in, at Toyota especially, and uh, that is based on the scientific approach of, you know, what is the, uh, what is the symptom, what is the cause, and uh, why don't we make an hypothesis about what we should be doing, conduct an experiment one at a time, and see, see what we think will happen, and measure what happened, and learn something about it. Kata mm-hmm. is about making experiments and learning from the experiment, increasing the knowledge threshold. So I, I think this conference is really kata because I could uh, see different people that have tried uh, to do... Uh, different things with the planning or with the how you intertwine with the trades or the subcontractors or what kind of contracts you do or what type of software you try to use and how you convert the scheduling into practical uh, steps or how you could beat the schedule or meet the schedule instead of uh, an overrun of the schedule and stuff like that. So this is very kata, you know? But uh, you don't have to do all the experiences. You could only attend all the uh, conferences and uh, talk with people and see what they've tried and maybe increase their threshold of knowledge.
2: Kata. What is the translation? It's K-A-T-A in That's English, right. but what's the translation in Japanese?
3: Uh, it, it's Kata.
2: Is it? So, <laughs> <I'm like
3: laughs> uh, so maybe in martial arts, mm-hmm. you, uh, you've done maybe karate or stuff like that. So Kata is a routine. So the um, routine is to practice uh, techniques until you master it and that you don't even have to think about it. It's just kind of a reflex. So I guess when we do conscious improvement, we want to bring a kata of practicing, plan, do, check, act, and also to help by coaching, which is the coaching kata, to, to help the people doing the problem-solving, to have a good uh, procedure or a good uh, t- scientific uh, approach, so kata is routine.
2: That's helpful.
1: Yeah. I should have
2: asked it the opposite way. Uh. <laughs> kata is Japanese, and yeah, you fixed me. That's really helpful to understand that it's a it's a routinized approach of problem solving, and, and the coaching perspective is also a support to that process. In order for those who are involved to essentially make sure that they're making steps towards true improvement, they're giving exactly. a, giving a different lens to what the problem is. So,
3: and what we do then is that through coaching, we really encourage people to also have a coach.es could be a colleague, could be your boss, but could be someone. In the organization that is good at coaching and the coaching has a structure. We call that the five questions. So the, 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 the first question is what is uh, the target condition? The condition is more like a pattern, work pattern, not only uh, measurements, but how the things would happen, like how many people would do it or what time of the day they will do it or what kind of tool or what kind of uh, spirit or what kind of trade or what kind of expertise they must have so we have also we ask the person that i coach you know what is your target what are you shooting for so that's the first step you know you could improve whatever you want but are you shooting for something or just fooling around
1: Mm -hmm. so
3: the first question is what is the target condition the second one would be what is the actual conditions if you don't know where you start from how do you measure the gap because in conscious improvement um, the problem doesn't exist the only a distance between a desired outcome and an actual outcome is an issue. A problem is not a problem. It's a difference between a target and the actual condition. Mm-hmm. So if you want to solve something, then you have to ask about the obstacles. You know, what prevents you from doing it? And um, so you ask the, the, the learner or the improver, uh, what obstacles do you think are preventing you from reaching the target condition? And uh, so, you know, you help the person think in terms of different obstacles and you help the the person, the improver to identify only one to work on, like scientific approach. If you adjust one parameter, well, then you don't adjust five parameters and then you don't really know what parameter helped to uh, get there. So one one obstacle at a time. And then you would ask uh, the improver, uh, what is your next step? You know, what will be your next experiment and... And asking what do you expect if you are in in chemistry and you mix two stuff, before you mix two stuff to see, hmm, let's see what happens, I guess uh, you better think in terms of I think the color would change or I think we have an explosion. So you better see what will happen, at least uh, what do you expect. And then you would ask the person how quickly uh, we can go and see what we have learned from taking that step. So... It's always like the routine. It's an agenda, actually, of a meeting that you have with the coach and the learner or the coach and the improver. We, we These two uh, as uh, equivalent, I guess. And uh, as you did the, the first experiment, then you would ask the same question, but you would um, ask uh, the person what is your target condition, what is the actual condition, because the condition may have changed. And then you reflect on the last step taken. Uh, what did you plan as your last step again? Okay, what did you expect? And most importantly, what actually happened? And the final question is, what did you learn? Yes. So that's it. And then you go back and say on what obstacles do you think you will be working on next and what is your next experiment and when can we see and go? So Kata is in very well with the uh, with the lean construction because there's so many issues, so many Elements of uh, non-value-added activities, problems, capacity problems. And uh, I, I link also lean with uh, safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have like a well-organized uh, work, if you have a well-organized uh, area, if you have visual aid, visual procedure, you help people to be safer and safer. So lean Kata for the problem-solving and coaching and um Safety, they, they, they work very well together. It's kind of a same spirit.
2: It's so systematic, and like you mentioned, it's a routine. And actually, sitting here, Jean has taken out a, a little reference card, which I think is very useful. It's called Kata Matters, or it has the, the actual logo on there. And it has the, the five questions at the top there so that you can pull it out when you're getting ready to do... The review with the improver and make sure that as you're thinking about these questions you can go through them systematically and then there's also documentation process and basically it's using an A3 right to document the responses to those questions and go through the PDCA process
3: yeah in KETA format we call it the cycle record cycle record okay you know Mythbuster the show Mm -hmm. The main guy, I forgot his name, he quoted a friend of his, and they said that the difference between the scientific approach and fooling around is to write it down.
1: (laughs) Nice. Nice, I like (laughs) that. So
3: when you say A3 or the PDCA time to check act cycle record, it's about writing down. So you, you know, the knowledge of people has to pass from generation to generation. And I actually... In, in the states in Canada there's lots of uh, BB boomers going on uh, retirement and they have all their knowledge in their head. so how will we pass the knowledge mm-hmm. to the next uh, group of people that will be in charge? so write it down. but you don't write anything. you just like maybe uh, link
1: it with uh, issues and problems or and PDC area cycle record. Stop fooling around. Write it down. I like it. That's
2: very good. So let me ask you a question. You've been doing coaching for a long time. I'm sure you've experienced some success stories by people utilizing Kata Improvement or coaching Kata. Do you have any examples that you can share with us about how this has been implemented and some of the results that they realized?
3: So, uh, yeah, one of my favorite uh, examples is a gala system. They do a theater seating, but uh, mechanical. So what you do is, uh, what they do is, uh, let's say you have a flat, uh, co- you know, congress center or a trade center, but at night you want to have a show with um, someone, you empty uh, the 45-feet uh, truck and the equipment that is on the, on the floor, then you take them out and when it's empty, uh, you only press a button and the chairs and, uh, are coming uh, from up from the floor and the the floor rotates and then on the other side you have the seat and then it sits to the right place and then at the end you have a theater setting and you could have like a, a great show at night so it took only 15 minutes to set up a 1,000, 2,000 seating theater. One problem is that they installed that like... In, all around the world with different places and uh, they ship the material but the construction has to be done by local people, right? So what happened is that uh, it takes a long time to figure out what cases go where and what material goes where. So they were like really using a lot of people to locate material. The crane was used a lot, very heavily. Because they would move back and forth and they would move material. People by hand will move like crankshaft or drive shaft or stuff like that. So it was very cumbersome and it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Installing a setting could take like nine months, 10 months. Ooh. Yeah, so they're a big, big undertaking. So they asked us to help them. So we, we went there and established a storyboard, which is one of the key elements of the Kata where you have what is the target condition, the actual condition, the obstacles, and the plan, do, check, act, cycle record. We work as an example on one element, which was uh, locating material. So they have like three people all time locating material, and they have difficulties. So we ran some experiments. They did. We were just coaches. And uh, one experiment was to decide where to drop the material. They try that, and they reduce. let's say... Two hour per case, location, time down to an hour fifteen minutes. So that helped. Almost but it was half. Yeah, but the it was not enough. The target was uh, the challenge. Actually, was uh, ten minutes. Okay,
2: <clears throat> so but if they didn't try, if they didn't attempt ten minutes, yeah. then they wouldn't have realized that,
3: that the result. Need. Exactly. Right. And then uh, so the another series of experiment they've done with kata. Was to identify the material, so they tried different types of identification, and finally, from the factory, they say, "Why don't you put on the case the picture of the part we're looking?" Because we have the picture of the part on the installation list, we we don't have the picture of the part on the cases. So now they put the the picture of the the part on the different side of the cases, and now located the 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 cases went down by um, almost like. 30 minutes, so, mm. but the, still the, the target was not met, so they started to decide that uh, they will have only a maximum of new cases uh, sent by the factory uh, per day, so they will have like a tag time, we use that in the construction also, and uh, they tacked the factory with the installation rate, and so the logistic rate was the same tax. So they did three types of experiments. The first one was to locate spaces on the floor. The second one was to identify more easily the, the cases with, the, you know, with the, the pictures on it. And the third one was to synchronize the operation with the um, tack time. And um, I think they achieve it uh, quite good. Like maybe be 20 minutes. But, you know, when you're from two hours to 20 minutes, <laughs> they did a good job. And they're still working on improving that. And the the point is that after when you write it down, then uh, when you do something in Singapore, then you could take the what you've learned and bring that to Singapore or to Dallas or wherever they go to install these kind of systems. So that's an example. I like it. And... Uh, People were meeting every day to see what happened.
2: That's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I think it makes it more tangible to understand how uh, Kata can actually be implemented for, you know, a real world um, example. So so that being said, Jean-Marc, thank you so much for hanging out, talking with me. Thank you, Brittany. Yes. It's always
3: a pleasure to meet you. So I hope I see you before the next two years.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I will hope be great. Same. Always a pleasure yeah. sitting you <laughs> Thank you
1: so much. we we'll see you soon. Thanks for stopping by. Could you tell me your name?
4: Hi, my name is Clifton Cole, and I'm with the PENSA Building Group, a general contractor based out of Las Vegas, regional offices in Phoenix, Arizona, and Los Angeles.
2: So you stopped by today to tell me that you do listen to the Constructor Podcast, so that's wonderful, and you talked about the fact that you listened to the episode with Brent Darnello talking about emotional
1: intelligence. Um, share with me about you know, what you liked about that.
4: I have an engineering background, so we're more um, analytical, get to the problem, you know, put your head down and get to the issue or the solution as fast as possible. What was interesting about what uh, Mr. Darnell talked about is no problem can be solved by yourself. Mm-hmm. So really understanding what makes people tick and how to relate to them and how to communicate with them. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, construction uh, is a relationship based Industry built on teamwork and good communication is key to success on most projects. So, for me, it's just learning more about what that means and how to understand how to approach people and communicate with them um, to me get to the ultimate goal that we're trying to achieve, which is provide our clients with a uh, facility.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. I have an engineering background as well, so trust me, the analytical approach to things is like we get stuck in our work and it's like. You know, we forget about the relationships that we have to build. So, no, that's really good. And you attended a a couple sessions thus far. Tell me your responses, high level.
4: Uh, Yeah, so far so good. The the, the information is great. A lot of times it's like drinking from a fire hose. You get a lot of stuff coming at you. So really trying to focus on some of the nuggets that come out of it. Take, you know, good notes so you can go back to the office afterwards and kind of debrief and then... For me, the key is taking what you learn and pushing that communication out to the company mm-hmm. and in any kind of way possible. And a lot of things that we talked about is you know, getting small groups together, uh, focus groups, getting to the uh, workers' last planner, getting people together and really talking about the issues uh, that they're struggling with and coming up with a written plan to that you can execute. And then retrospect, so follow up on the things that you learned, the things that you struggled with. And then make sure that you can uh, uh, make sure you have a solution for those the next time you deal with it.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the A3, right? At the end of the day, right? Yeah, correct. Um, so, no, that makes a lot of sense. And you seem to be a key person to take that back to your company. So what, do you have any high-level plans right now as to how you plan on sharing that with your team at Penta?
4: My thought initially, based on where we're at right now, is kind of get them um, a good foundation. Yeah. Uh, start with understanding some of the concepts, um, not necessarily focusing on the tools immediately. That'd be more second or third <laughs> step down the line. Getting everybody to understand why we're doing this, what Lean actually is for us specifically. So I mean, some of the contractors that are talking, they basically said, yeah, we had to figure out for ourselves what this is, yeah. how it implements into our company. Oh. So that's what I want to bring back. Get out to the job sites. You know, we heard terms like gimbal walk and stuff like that. Um, I'm not Japanese. So I think we got to figure out how to take those terms related to the people I work with. Yes. You have a common language that we all understand. So the information can really soak in. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to develop lean thinkers that can think about for themselves. Because you're not always going to be there to support them. So get to the people, the grassroots, the workers, fields. Also, not just the field, but also in the office and have that, um, lack of a better word, synergy between (laughs) between the two, because that's where a lot of times the communication gap is broken between what the office is doing and what the field is doing.
2: I'm really looking forward to what you end up doing and how it's implemented into Penta. So next year, when you come by, let me know how
1: it's going. Okay.
2: keep
4: you informed, definitely. (laughs) All right.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you so much for stopping
2: (laughs) by. No problem.
4: Thank you for your time.
1: We are at the LCI Congress in Orlando, sitting here with Henry
2: Nutt III. Could you share a little bit about your background and how you started to engage with the LCI community?
0: So my background is I'm a sheet metal worker of 31 years, October this year. Congrats! Thank you. And I am, uh, I work for Southland Industries now for 11 years, and I am the general superintendent on sheet metal. I manage anywhere from 50 to 200 plus people in the field and shops. And I'm also one of our lean champions in the company and do a lot of work with training and development keeping Southland brand in what we promote as a company in regards to being lean and using those tools to improve our work.
2: Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So you not only look at it from an internal perspective, but you look at it from how does this improve our behavior as a a company and then also the, the superintendents that you manage, right? Yes. Tell me about how you've engaged with the LCI community and how you've pulled from the LCI community but also contributed thus far.
0: So about 10 years ago... I began working with LCI and it was under the guidance of one of my PMs and said, You should be a part of this. And and so I became engaged and sat down with people and went to meetings and found myself just dialoguing about work and realized how important it was for me to be at that table and have those conversations. And so something about link construction and doing that type of work and that method just resonated with me. It just made sense. And so Some things I probably were doing already. And then it was a lot of other things that just made sense, different tools that you use to make your work more transparent so that you can understand where you may have pitfalls. So that was uh, the contribution for LCI to me or to our company was providing these different methods and understanding how to improve the work that you do every day and continuous improvement, understanding what waste really meant. Learning about value, what does customer value look like? And that terminology, is like, yeah, that really makes sense. If it doesn't bring value, then why are you doing it? So that's the contributions that LCI has made to me. And from the, the other way around, I've became like this soldier, I guess, in a sense, <laughs> and going forth and or an evangelist, preaching the message and getting my teams to buy in and find myself, whether at project interviews, doing shop tours and helping people who had interests that really wanted to understand how to start a leading journey or what we've done and becoming that advocate, becoming that spokesperson and just running with it. So I've done last planner workshops uh, that we've started and it was kind of out of my concern concern for congress not impacting the people who have advanced say 3 to 5 years and coming here and not all of us want to hear how a company started their lean journey on one lean project it's great it's important but what do you do for those who have advanced past that and if we don't capture that and listen to those voices then those people are going to drift off. And then their turnaround There's going to be a consistent new beginner coming into lean and it's never going to grow. And you're not going to have those advanced practitioners. So the advanced practitioner class, you know, not anyone can just go to it. You have to be invited, but it's an important conversation that ultimately does affect the larger audience. And then the last kind of workshop was designed for the tradespeople. Okay. And so it brings together anywhere from say 15 to, to 30, 40 people across the country and they do it in different different parts of the country to make it easy for travel. And we spend a day of training and, and actually working through different topics that they bring to us. And we make that part of our agenda for the day and, and have sessions and things that people want to learn and discuss on the trades level, superintendents, anyone who's doing work planning.
2: Three questions I want to ask you, but I'm going to I'm gonna steer it based upon what we discussed. Okay. <laughs> um, so... You received an award, actually spoke this morning, about the experiences that you've had with LCI and we thanked a number of people who've obviously been contributing a long time to this community, but it's called the Pioneer
0: Award. Correct.
2: Tell me a little bit about how you became a pioneer. well if you if you self-identify that way,
0: <laughs> you know I, I don't know if I do or not sometimes i I guess you look back and you say okay yeah i've I've done that. I look at a partner here, someone that is going down a path that probably doesn't exist, you know there's no trail, there's no real clear direction or plan or map that says you should go here, you just believe you should mm-hmm. You don't just go out and just do it, but you you solicit support or help or you, you may identify with some people that understand and so yeah there's a need and then somebody has to step out then and go do it. And so that's what I did. I think I bring something that's maybe somewhat unorthodox when it comes to construction, especially superintendents and foremen. And I deal with behaviors and and emotions and how we deal with people. And typically that's not what we've discussed in our in our business. We've dealt with how we build faster. Right. And 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 now that's important. However, when you think about When people are unhappy in their work, there's that saying where people don't quit companies, they quit managers. It's really about that, identifying with that part and those people who don't have a voice or feel like they're not a part of something bigger than themselves. uh, They don't have a real purpose. Mm -hmm. Think about how much time we spend in our places of work more than we spend with our loved ones. And so we're going to do something we're going to spend most time of our lives with and we don't enjoy what we do or we don't feel significant in what we do. That's unfortunate. I want to try to create environment that people enjoy their work, they feel validated, they feel important, they feel significant, they don't feel like a number. And they're more productive. They're more innovative. They have ideas. They contribute. And so the other piece that I that I bring as a leader in this industry and I'm just being me. And that's the great thing about it is that when I spoke today about you know, the people that I think and the way I present it, that's just who I am. That's not a put on, that's not for the stage. It's it's what I genuinely do. And I hope to walk away from people and then they say, this person was authentic, they actually seem to care about me as a person and not just how much did I get installed today. I'm going to ask that question as well, but it's not necessarily my first question. Again, it's about people, it's about relationships, and if we can get those parts in our mindset of how critical they are, then I think we'd be more effective in our leadership.
2: Have you always been that way or did you come to a realization or an aha moment?
0: I've always been that way, but I haven't always articulated the idea. Okay. I have allowed it to blossom in me for many years. it was tucked away in a box and and I probably didn't feel confident that it was the message I should be sending. And then life events happen, and you kind of break out of that shell and you have to stop caring and wondering what people think about you, and you have to be yourself. and that's when doors opened up for me.
2: Sometimes life does that and yeah. and, and it affects the way we go about it, go about life. yeah, um, and it touches all areas that maybe didn't think that it would. yeah, you know sometimes we go to work. A lot of us may think just going to work is a you know' is, is getting the paycheck right but in what we do, it's so complex and we solve so many problems you have to interact with so many people. Knowing oneself is sort of that beginning step that allows you to interact right and it seems like you know yourself very well. It's refreshing. Thank you. So you're in the works of developing a, a book as you told me yesterday. Yes, I am. Tell us a little bit high level about what the book. Is about
0: it, it ties into something that I do at our company which is going out to nonprofit organizations that promote or have programs that designed to bring people into the trades. They may be immigrants, they may have criminal records, they may just be people who just start their career path late in life and finally figured out what they want to do. they may be coming back as a second or third career. And construction and so I spent a lot of time going to those programs and, and talking to those people and I found myself sharing some of the same messages and primarily about encouraging them in my own journey and how I went from a pre-apprentice 30 plus years ago to being a general superintendent which would be considered the top that's the ultimate goal you know and so because I feel like you're going through your journey and you get there and you sometimes you can forget the challenges you had And it's important to reflect back and think about that. So when I speak to these groups, it reminds me all the time of that never take for granted where I am and never forget how I got here. And because of that, I'm in a state of humility and thankfulness when I go and speak to them and hear their stories and their passion and their desire. And sometimes their doubt about oh, how can I ever get there? How can I make that? How can I be you? And it's like, you don't have to be me. You want to be the best you. Here's some things that I did that I think are applicable to anybody. And it's not just limited to construction, but that's my journey. That's what I've done. I share that a few things with them, anywhere from not being planted in a place where no one knows your name and you feel like you're in the dark and you're a small seed and no one even knows you exist in this business? How do you begin to blossom and bloom and get somewhere? And to not being discouraged in that moment, to being a victim because of different things that have happened in your life in the groups that I speak with, possibly have a lot of things that maybe most people don't ever have to experience, but not allowing that to be their stumbling block. And at some point, whether they're the first person that graduates from college or high school or gets a job legally making money, it may start with them. And they have to think to maybe their friends that you have that you need to just drop um, to learning how to understand that the people you hang out with and how they influence you and your mindset and your thoughts and how you have to cut that out of your life if you want success.
2: That's so real, though. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's critical.
0: So I I share those kind of things and I answer questions. And so I put it in a book form, written a book. I'm not sure what my title is going to be yet. Was seven things, because it was seven things that I used to talk about, but... I'm still working on that, but I'm hoping to have that by June of 2019 is my date. Putting it out there on public because you made me come up with my date.
2: Accountability.
0: <laughs> that's what we're calling I, I, it. it. It's exactly. Thought about it and that's that's my goal. And, and so I'm excited about it. I have a, a lot more thoughts that came with me with that with our conversation yesterday. So I, I am looking forward to that and, and maybe some other things I'm gonna, in development now too. So. Well,
2: that sounds great. It can certainly be a reference tool for people that... You may not even recognize today, you know, you may be presenting it or have been presenting it to these specific groups, but who knows who it could impact on a global scale, right?
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it next year. Um, it should be for sale, right? By, by next Congress. <laughs> so, so I'm looking forward to that and I will definitely catch up with you about it. Um, anything else you'd like to share, Henry?
0: Yeah, so the construction community at large, one of my things, everyone in the construction industry is relevant and important, and we put ourselves in a box and remove ourselves from the table for various reasons. And we've allowed in some ways others to dictate the things that we should be doing. And lean construction has helped push that conversation or push us up to the front if we choose or we dare to, to step up to recognize where our seat at the table is and that we need to acknowledge that. We need to own that and become a part of the conversation and recognize that how important we are to the whole spectrum. Again, whatever trade you are, it becomes the most important one when it's not getting done correctly. And so you recognize that you, you, you're, you're relevant, you're important. And whether you come to work with card heart hearts and overalls and, or suit and tie, you're important and you need to speak up when it's your time and your moment.
2: I love it. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Awesome having you on uh, the podcast
1: and uh, we'll be in touch.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Matt. Hello. Thanks for
2: coming back.
5: Yeah, no problem.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about yourself.
5: Well, I've been in the manufacturing environment, applying lean and in the lean movement in the manufacturing um, environment for the last 20 years. So just jumping out of it now into the construction industry and uh, applying some of those same techniques outside of manufacturing.
2: Bringing it into construction now thinking from that mindset, what are some of the pitfalls that you're seeing? And then what are you learning here that you think is actually workable? So Delta, plus and Delta. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the pillars in lean don't change. You know, Toyota had a pretty strong couple pillars of respect for people and the whole continuous improvement. So those are still the core of lean and construction. I think some of, the, some of the challenges are the environments we work in. You know, you got Mother Nature that plays a part in it, and you have a lot more people that are spread out compared to a manufacturing assembly line or whatnot. I've learned a lot here, a lot of takeaways about the importance of going to the field to look at the job in their eyes, where the work's being done, the value... So I'm looking forward to this journey. I I think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit yeah, uh, because it's uh, fairly new outside of manufacturing. That's what I get excited about.
2: Okay. So this is your first Congress, right? Yeah. Okay. You have some takeaways. What sessions did you actually attend?
5: Um, Well, the one I just did today, um, the, the Gemba one, was very inspiring in that you have to go to Where the work's done with a purpose, um, with uh, canned questions on, try to get out of them what you're kind of looking for versus uh, going in there without a purpose and just saying hi and chit-chatting, and it was very structured. So that that one today kind of hit home, and then there was one yesterday around just kind of what are the top ten things you would want to do to implement lean in a new organization and that's exactly where i'm at two months in uh so got my feet wet and got out to the field and but there's a whole lot to learn but uh you know my task is to roll this out to our organization and, and how do we do that so uh key takeaways yesterday were that so
1: nice
2: anything else you want to share about the congress and or yourself well,
5: I'm going to keep attending these because I see a lot of value. Um, I'm, you know, the networking and, and all that stuff that you can get from here. I've got a lot of takeaways. I've met a, a lean consulting firm that's very close to, to Minnesota that I can lean on for, for, uh, you know, my growth and, and how we can educate our company. We'll be bringing a lot more people here next year. Uh, we had planned to do that this year, but, They wanted to say, you go take a look at it, you come back and give us your recommendations. So that's what it's going to be looking at going forward. And uh, I think it's Fort Worth, Texas, right? Yeah,
2: Fort Worth, Texas next year. 21st annual Congress.
5: That Should be good.
2: If you liked this episode, check it out at Constructor.com slash LCI 2019 Recap. That's LCI 2019 Recap. If you learned something valuable in this episode, share it with your friends and colleagues. You can also let me know you enjoyed my discussion with these gentlemen by connecting with me on Twitter at Brittany underscore CT or find me on LinkedIn. You can also email me at Brittany at constructor.com. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-E at construct double R dot com. Next week, we will continue the 20th annual OCI Congress recap. And you actually get to hear a presentation with me and james Pease. so i'm looking forward to sharing that next week i also want to remind you that i'm looking to add to the constructor team i'd like to bring on a graphic design expert and someone to do some report generation if you'd like to partner and create with us go ahead and reach out at Brittany at Constructor.com. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-E at com. Don't forget, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do so at your favorite podcast player. I look forward
1: to continuing the Constructor journey with you next week.